Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. I'm delighted to be able to share with you again today. In last week's message, I shared my fascination with the power of questions. Again today, I think of some of the world's outstanding questions, spoken, implied, some of which have resulted in countless discoveries and inventions, because somebody asked, why not? People are still asking intriguing questions, and people are still making great discoveries that you and I enjoy, and from which we benefit. Perhaps some of you are thinking of questions that you wish would just go away. Well, I don't mean the political questions or the scientific questions or even the religious questions. I'm talking about the questions that your three-year-old or your six-year-old son or daughter are asking, those questions. I can think you have the most annoying and resentless questions from your six-year-old, and I think that I am at least in the running with you. Just imagine starting out on a 1,400-mile journey from Buffalo, New York, destined for a family reunion in Miami, Florida. You check the battery, you check the oil, the tires, and all else. You even have the mechanic check the engine and give you the oil clear. Then, after the first 100 miles, your six-year-old son begins to squeak and squawk from back seat. Are we there yet, Dad? No, son. We have a long way to go, but we'll be there long before you know it. And then the car begins to smoke, and the nightmare begins. Every 15 minutes the question is the same. Are we there yet, Dad? No, not yet. Take a nap, son. Now we have to find a mechanic, and nightfall is beginning to settle upon us. By the time we find one and he does his repairs, or what I think are his repairs, the old Cadillac takes off and into the Pennsylvania night we drive. There we must now spend the night, far sooner than I had planned to stop, and then junk food, a warm bed, and plus, 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 wears him down. But the next day is coming. The next day the swimming pool was a welcome distraction. But that too. But then it was short-lived. We must hit the road again. And the chorus of questions begin. And really, it's just one question over and over again. Are we there yet, Dad? But you get the picture. Because the car breaks down another time, three days later we arrive in Miami, Florida. Finally, no more questions about getting there. But yes, you guessed it. A whole new chorus of questions begins. What's this, Dad? Why that, Dad? Those irritating questions notwithstanding, 
I still enjoy listening to or participating in a lively Q&A session. I'm still fascinated by great interviewers at the task. Who can ever get tired of watching and listening to Larry King pumping reams of information from his victims? I mean, his, (laughs) sounds like victims, but his guests. Yes, questions do instruct us. In last week's message, we began looking at questions that Jesus asked, and we spent time examining a single two-part question which he asked his disciples recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Therein we read, let's read it again. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I would have liked to have been there to witness those moments of profound and and intriguing question and answer. Jesus was now living out what we are labeling stage three of his earthly ministry. I suggested that Jesus was living out of the promise of Jehovah to Abraham and to all through all the prophets. Yes, all of humanity was included in Jehovah's promise to the father of the Jewish nation, Abraham. Listen to Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Listen carefully. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you, and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. Now, in Galatians chapter 4, we read that when the right time came, God sent forth his Son. Right time, or as the King James Version puts it, the fullness of time. Whichever translation you choose, the message is the same. God's promise of a Messiah for the people of Israel and a Savior to the world was being fulfilled. It is that full time, that right time, that I've chosen to break down into four stages. Stage one, the babe in Bethlehem's manger. Stage stage two, the boy in the temple and John's introduction of the Lamb of God. Stage three, Jesus takes the stage as teacher and preacher. And then stage four, we'll get to ultimately was the Calvary work of Jesus. It is in stage three that we find ourselves today, as Jesus is exercising his ministry technique of question and answer. The question we read earlier was, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter wasn't responding out of a mere human genius. He was instructed by Almighty God to respond the way he did. Jesus said Peter's response didn't come from human brilliance, but from spirit-revealed messaging. Listen 
as with joyous exclamation Jesus announces a blessing on Peter and on his disciples and explains where Peter gets got his response from. Listen up. Jesus said, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you, Peter, which means a rock, upon this rock I'll build my church, and then all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever you forbid on earth, whatever you forbid on earth, will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. We'll talk about that aspect of it next week, by the way. So don't forget to, to tune in then. Right now, God is blessing the question of Jesus to your heart. He's asking you what you think about Jesus. He says he is a son of God. He proved he was by the acts he performed. He carried out his mission all the way to the cross. But what was not, that wasn't the end. He promised to die. Yes, he did. But he also said he would rise again from the dead, and he did both. In his dying, he took up our sins. He took the punishment for our sins. And when he rose from the dead, he authenticated his redemption work. He proved he is God, the Son, and the Savior of the world. And so may I ask you the Jesus question? What? Do you say that Jesus is? Whom do you say he is? He is, as Peter declared him to be, the Son of God. If he is, and since he is, God the Son is listening for your answer. He is the one of whom the Bible says, A voice from heaven came, This is my beloved Son, whom I want you to listen to. My friend, if that voice authentic as it is, is speaking to your heart today, I urge you, I implore you, I beseech you, listen. So let's take this one step further. Jesus, the Son, had this to say. He said, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. The question that Jesus asked are for your benefit. The questions that Jesus asked are for my benefit. They are for our eternal destiny. Since Jesus is the Son of the living God, I urge you, trust him today. Remember that when the right time came, the centuries-old promise was fulfilled in Jesus. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world. It doesn't matter how far God from God you think you are. It doesn't matter how deep down you think you have fallen. Jesus addresses your need and your circumstance. Listen again to Jesus. He says, it is not to the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The words of an hymn by John Watson spells it out. I invite you to say these words after me and mean them from your heart. It was for me the Savior died. 
the crimson blood flowed from his side. For me the fountain open wide I was, it was for me, yes, Lord, it was for me. It was for me the price was paid, for me the Savior low was laid, for me the wrath of God was stayed, it was for me, yes, all for me. It was for me a sinner lost, the Savior came at wondrous cost. Now in his name I'll ever boast, for thee, for thee, yes, Lord, for thee. My friend, Jesus is calling to you. I don't have any secret powers that will make you a follower of Christ or a believer in Jesus or a Christian. If you by faith opened your heart and your life to Jesus, he has taken you at your word. One more question as we close today. A Roman guard asked Paul and Silas, What must I do to be saved? And they responded, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's my message to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you opened your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ today, I can assure you that he heard you. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or give us a call or you can send me a message at Audley McLean, A-U-D-L-E-Y-M-C-L-E-A-N at AOL.com or write to the address that Ed will give you in just a moment. Till next week, God keep you looking up. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.